We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday, it is May 6th, it's 2019, and we have nine baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I am riding solo today, supposed to be with my good buddy Will, but um, he had some issues going on, you know, you know, when you, when you don't have power and you have, you know, some random, random power go out, not much you can do about it. So I hope him and his family get their, the power situation. He, you know, he was texting me and he's like, man, my whole block is out. And like, that is the worst. Anybody that has ever had that happen, you know how much that stinks. So wish the best for Will and uh, he'll be on later on this week. So we'll talk some baseball with him then. But yeah, just riding solo today. Got nine games. Uh, can get in, get into uh, my thoughts for these games and uh, really break these, these games down. So that is one good advantage of doing the podcast by yourself you know you can kind of move through spots you don't like and uh, try to give you guys my opinion on all this stuff if you haven't checked out our sponsor make sure you head on over there check them out it's fantasydraft.com sign up through the roto grinders links that way you get three months of roto grinders premium for fantasy draft 
and you'll get any kind of promos that we run with Fantasy Draft. You'll get access to those. So if you haven't checked them out, check them out. You know, way different site, way different scoring, way different position eligibility. You can stack six guys, you know, so if there's a stack that you really like and you want two first basemen, you know, make sure, you know, you go over to Fantasy Draft and give them some love. We're going to jump right in. Don't really have a lot to talk about today. Um, I'm excited that, you know, we get baseball and the race on the same day. So watch the race, build some baseball lineups and uh, have some good times. So. Boston at Baltimore, Josh Smith and John Means facing off against each other here. This game has a nine and a half total, but it didn't have – I saw totals places, but it didn't have a line. So a um, lot, of, lot of runs expected in this one. Josh Smith, mostly we've seen him out of the bullpen, you know, for the Red Sox and, you know, in his major league career. Don't really know how deep he's going to go into this game. I know he's like only 4K, but don't think I can pull the trigger with all the good pitching that we have on the slate. And then John Means on the other side of this game, you know, Means has been serviceable for sure a lot this season. Coming off of a game where he allowed four run runs to the White Sox. And even though he's been really serviceable this season, he's only had one game over 20 fantasy points. He's only gone, he hasn't gone past the fifth at all. So, this is a spot that I think I'm going to stay away from means against a good Red Sox team and uh, load up on some Red Sox bats here. You know, obviously the first guy that I have a lot of interest here is Mookie. Every time Mookie goes to Baltimore, he hits the ball well. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but it's one of the best ballparks for him. So I absolutely love Mookie here against the lefty. 280 ISO, 434 Woba against lefty since the start of last season. Walk rate is higher than his strikeout rate. Uh, puts the ball in play. A lot of hard contact. You know, so him and JD are my favorite two plays here for the Red Sox. I love this spot for JD Martinez. You know, we we know how good he is against lefties. Um, I don't mind Xander in this spot. Uh, just he's really expensive, uh, so it's gonna be really tough to fit him in into some lineups here. But outside of that, you know, it's really hard, you know, not to have interest. In the young third baseman for the Red Sox, Michael Chavez, um, he's just been absolutely crushing. You know, since getting called up, he's 17 for 51 with six home runs. And then in his last 10 games, he's 14 for 37 with five home runs. So he's been really, really good. And his price is starting to reflect it finally. You know, the price has finally come up on him. But facing this lefty here, I think he is certainly in play. And then if Steve Pierce draws the start, I don't mind Steve Pierce as a cheaper option here. He's off to a really, really slow start. Uh, really worry about him even potentially being healthy. Um, but it's it's a lefty. He's 3,600 um, at that price. I, I like this spot for him. But Mookie, you know, one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. So um, really like this spot for him. As far as the Baltimore hitters go, you know, I really wish there was some spots that we could take advantage here because it is likely going to be a bullpen game. Um, just not really anything stands out to me. I, I do think that you can play Mancini, Smith Jr., and VR. But that's really it. Uh, you know, Nunez is at a position where it's it's a pretty strong position, you know, at third base. Um, I guess they moved him to first base now. So much moving around. Um, I guess Ruiz was the third baseman and that's right. But yeah, I don't really have a lot of interest in 
Nunez or Chris Davis or any of these guys. Um, the only guy that I would have a little interest in here is Wilkerson. He, he's 2,900. So if he's in the lineup um, in a, in a reasonable lineup spot, like he's a guy that's just, he keeps hitting, you know, I wish they would move him up in the order because all this dude is hitting, all he's doing is hitting. So, you know, for value, I think Wilkerson is in play. But like I said, I, I don't mind Smith or Mancini. But, you know, it's really a bullpen game. So, you know, you got to be careful. But it is certainly a spot. Obviously, we look at the total. It's it's massive. There's going to be a lot of runs scored. It's the highest total on the slate. Um, on this slate, there's, you know, the Yankees game against Felix Fernandez and CeCe Sabathia. <laughs> As a nine and a half total for playing the early slate. Uh, Minnesota at Toronto. We got Martin Perez against Marcus Stroman. Um, we have an eight and a half total here. Stroman's a slight favorite. It's almost a pick 'em. We'll start with Martin Perez. Um, like, what has gotten into this guy? Like, <laughs> this is crazy. You know, we 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 we're continuing to see some pitchers that have not pitched well um, pitch well. He's a guy that we've always, you know, known that he's going to get a ton of ground balls, but you know, he's starting to like show a little bit of upside too. So uh, against this team, they just don't have a lot of power. Not a lot of power on this Toronto team against left-handed pitching outside of like Grichik and Hernandez, and obviously Vlad Guerrero Jr. Um, but he's struggled with lefties ever since he's gotten called a very small sample. So I, I don't hate Perez here at sixty-six hundred. You know, as a tournament play, obviously, um, you know, there's a couple guys that I don't mind that are cheap today for tournaments. But in cash games today, I'm going to pay up for pitching. Um, there's some really good pitching options in the 9K range. I'm just going to kind of eat up two really good pitchers and, and just try to find some value with bats and cash. Uh, but in tournaments, I like to get some bats. So um, don't mind, you know, going down here to look at a guy like Perez. Uh, Marcus Stroman on the other side of this game. You know, Stroman's a guy that 8K, he's kind of right in that mid-range. Um, finally had a, a bad start his last time out, but, you know, he's looked healthy this season, and I think that's the biggest thing to notice with Stroman. 61% ground ball rate since the start of last season. ISO numbers are just phenomenal. Um, gets a lot of soft contact and creates a lot of ground balls with his sinker-slider combo. Um, when we look at, you know, Mark when we look at Marcus Stroman, anytime we're looking at him, we have to look at how teams do against sinkers and, you know, not a lot of strikes, not a lot of whiffs on this um, Minnesota team against sinkers, um, but not a ton of power outside of Nelson Cruz. So Nelson Cruz is really the only guy that has just mashed sinkers. Um, but when we look at Nelson Cruz numbers, Nelson Cruz's numbers against sliders, he's really struggled. So, this is a spot I think Stroman could pitch well. I just I, I don't like the price tag for the upside, um, but I, I do think that like he's a guy that can go out and get twenty to twenty five fantasy points. I worry about the win, but I don't mind Stroman here. Um, more of a tournament play than anything else. Um, as far as bats go, here you know when I'm looking at Stroman, like I said, I want to I want to target guys that are good against uh, sliders and sinkers. Not a lot of options here. I think the guys that I would play are Rosario and Kepler. Those are the two guys on this team that can get the ball up in the air. Um, Polanco is kind of right there. 
I'll be honest, I don't really like this spot for anybody. This is not my favorite game on the slate. Um, I could see Stroman getting hit a little bit here, but it's just not a spot that I'm going to like go crazy with. You just look at the ground balls, and you know what Stroman does. Like He doesn't get a ton of strikeouts, but he generates a ton of ground balls, and when you're playing the hitters or you're playing stacks, you know, you don't want a bunch of ground balls. You want the guys to get the ball up in the air. So, uh, Polanco, Rosario, Kepler, you know, and if you're going to stack it, you got to throw Cruz in there, but I don't know if I'd be stacking the spot today. Those guys would be just one off plays. As far as Toronto goes, um, I don't mind Grichik or Vlad, but that's really it. Um, just not a ton of great numbers against left-handed pitching. You know, again, you got to look at the numbers against sinkers, and pretty much all these guys stink against sinkers. Outside of Brandon Dury and um, Hernandez, way down at the bottom of the order, if you want to go like a 7-8 stack, um, I could see doing that maybe. But Hernandez would be interesting if he got a better lineup um, spot today just because of his numbers against sinkers. He has power against lefties. He gets the ball up in the air. So he would be interesting if he got a good lineup spot, but really it's just a spot. Like I said, this is one of my least favorite games on this slate. Just not a lot of stats, not a lot of stuff pointing me towards either of these teams today. Arizona at Tampa Bay, Merrill Kelly against Blake Snell. Snell's a 194 favorite in the seven and a half total. Um, are we finally going to see Blake Snell kind of bounce back from this foot injury? You know, pitching with a broken toe has obviously, you know, affected him a ton. Um, he has struggled both of his last two games. He's allowed nine earned runs over his last six and one third innings, two home runs. Um, it will be interesting to see if we get any type of pitch count for him. Um, because now, like his first two games back, he's thrown 65 and 75. Unless we get pitch count, you know, data or not even data, just something from the coach, which Cash has been really like secretive this season about what he's going to do with a lot of things. I have a I have a tough time playing Snell today. Um, you know, I, I think this is like a, a legit issue. Um, so I'm super concerned about that. And I just, you know, when you look at this Arizona team, they they have enough righties in this lineup to make me worried about lefties first of all but the biggest thing here is just is snell 100 percent. i don't i don't think he is so um for that reason i don't want to pay the price for him today even with all these great options in this price range and you know with the game on sunday getting postponed for tampa they have their long reliever ready to go so if snell gets into issues they can bring in a guy like yarbrough and um you know really really be able to make up for snell kind of struggling so i'm gonna i'm gonna pass on blake snell today um if you want to play him you got to play him in tournaments uh merrill kelly you know what we've seen so far from him is <laughs> nothing great nothing spectacular nothing terrible um low strikeout guy Struggles with command sometimes. The swing and strike rate is nothing special. Um, he he tends to fall behind in counts, which is good for hitters. Not good for pitching. So for me, I'm going to pass on uh, Kelly as well. Um, looking at the Arizona side, I guess I went backwards on the pitchers there. For uh, Arizona bats, 
if you don't think Snell is a right, like I, I think Marte and Walker are interesting one-offs. I don't think I would stack Arizona today. I could definitely see why you would stack them if you don't think he's right. But the problem with stacking them today is this game's in Tampa. And with this game being in Tampa, it's already in a really good pitcher's ballpark. And it's just going to limit um, upside. But, you know, another guy, Nick Ahmed, he's really good against lefties. He has been since the start of last season. But he's not a big strikeout guy or walk guy. He puts the ball in play a ton. So, if you think something's bothering Snell, which obviously it is, you know, you look at the last couple starts, look at the numbers. They're all really concerning, you know, with this toe injury. But this could be the spot where we see Snell lock in and these Arizona bats just kind of look silly. So I'm going to probably not have too much exposure, if any exposure, to the Arizona side. Uh, you know, those guys that I said, you know, Marte, Walker, interesting one-offs, Nick Ahmed at shortstop. Uh, the Tampa side of things, I, I like Tampa here. You know, like I said, you know, Kelly's a guy that we're, we're seeing him pitch more to contact and not getting a ton of whiffs on his pitches. You know, his swinging strike rate is under 9%. And, you know, when we look at this Tampa lineup, they're, they're really solid. You know, up and down, you know, Pham, Choi, Diaz, um, Lau, Low, both of those guys, you know, Garcia. I think Tampa, you can you can really look at like maybe three guys from Tampa today, a little three man stack. Um, I could see stacking them out like outright, but I think the upside is like a three or four man. I don't think I would go with a full five man. Um, maybe a better like maybe a better stack for like a Fandle than anything else because you can stack it with another team or you can play a three-man stack and stack it with another team on DraftKings and fantasy draft so uh washington at milwaukee we got max scherzer against chasine total in this one we're looking at um washington 105 so scherzer a very slight favorite here um seven and a half total you know it tells you a lot like scherzer is a 105, almost a pick em against Chassin. A lot of respect for the Brewers' bats here. I have interest in Scherzer. It's really going to be a ownership type of thing. If people's if people are just going to fade him because he's facing the, the Brewers here, I think that he makes for a really good tournament play. We know how good Scherzer is strikeout-wise. You know, he's one of the best strikeout pitchers in baseball if not the st best strikeout pitcher in baseball so you know it, it's really a thing the thing that concerns me about scherzer is how many fly balls he gives up against a team that has a ton of power we know he tends to give up home runs and starts so obviously that's concerning but we're getting a nice discount he's 10k this is the lowest price he's been all season you know he's definitely priced for the matchup it's really going to be an ownership thing. Um, if he's not going to have any ownership, I like him for tournaments. I don't like him for cash games today. I, I think there's better cash game plays. Um, I would rather play DeGrom or Cole in cash today um, at the top and um, maybe one of these mid-tier range of guys that we haven't talked about yet. But Scherzer for tournaments really going to be a projected ownership type of thing um, and really to see how many people are talking, if anybody's talking about him today. Just seems a little interesting on the bottom end. You know, when we look at this team, it's pretty right-handed heavy. You know, really, you know, Adam Eaton, um, really the only 
lefty in this lineup with um, Soto hurt. So with Soto out, I, I think Chassin is really playable here. If they roll out a lineup with seven righties plus the pitcher spot, like Chassin's been really good against righties since the start of last season, uh, throughout his career, really 254 Woba, 118 ISO, 23.8% K rate against righties since the start of last season. So a lot of strikeouts here too, especially towards the bottom of this order. So really like the only guy that doesn't strike out a lot in this lineup is Eaton and Howie Kendrick. So with Soto out, they're taking it one or taking one of the big power bats away. There's not a ton of power in this lineup. So for me, I, I think Chasin is very playable today. More more tournaments, I think, but I, I could you can make a strong argument for him being a cash game play today, in my opinion. Um, if you want just a pure discounted pitcher. Again, I, I think today's the day that I'm going to pay up for two pitching options. Um, but just Chasin being like a pick em against Washington, against Max Scherzer, it tells you a lot. And with pitching tendencies this season, like <laughs> I don't mind paying down for my SP2 to get some bats. And uh, we're pretty limited on the bats that are even available. So I will say, depending on this Chicago um cubs weather um because hamels is certainly somebody i'm looking at to be like my sp2 like that would make scene um more playable just everything lines up facing a team that's very right hand heavy just hate the ballpark but you know we'll see uh as far as the washington bats uh, you know really i don't like any of these guys you know that's kind of why i don't mind just seeing really the only guy that i would play is adam eaton and I don't even feel good about that, given his price. Um, you know, a forty-six hundred. There's just going to be better plays in that range, so I'm going to pass. And then on the Milwaukee side, it's gonna—it's it, always really tough to you know pinpoint your home run against an elite pitcher. He's probably going to give up one, so it, it's just tough to figure out like where that home run is going to come from. Um, I, I don't, I don't really want to go too crazy here. Like, you know, Yelich is interesting just because every time he steps in the box, he's homering right now at home. So like, he's a little interesting here. Um, you know, very low ownership. I would guess 5,600 against Scherzer. I would guess he's pretty low owned. Shaw's a little interesting at 3K just because of the price. Um, but uh, again, like you're trying to pinpoint a home run against an elite pitcher, and you're just hoping that like you get that right. And you know, large field tournament really only for me. Miami at Chicago, Alcantara against Cole Hamels. No total in this one. Obviously, we don't ever get totals the night before in Wrigley. But uh, wind is kind of projected to be blowing across the field, maybe blowing in. I'm going to have to see what Kevin Roth has to say about this one. And um, going to be feel a little chilly in, in Chicago. So, um, Sandy Al Alcantara, um, not a lot of interest for me in him. I think with him, really the only time you can play him is against right-handed heavy teams when he's pitching in Miami. Don't not the case here today. And then Cole Hamels is a guy that I really like. You know, when we're looking at Miami, obviously they're a team that has struggled throughout the season. They don't have a lot of power. Hamels does give up a lot of power and a lot of hard contact to righties, but there's just not a lot of power in this lineup. Like 
Galloway has been interesting um, against left-handed pitching, but even like Anderson and Castro and those guys, Castro, you know, he hits for average against lefties really well, but he has like a 54% ground ball rate. Same with Martin Prado. He's been good against lefties throughout his career. Not going to strike out, but he's going to hit the ball on the ground most of the time. So if the wind's blowing in and it's cold, I think this is a good spot for Cole Hamels. Um, as far as Miami bats go, uh, just kind of looking at pricing really quick. I never look at pricing before. The only guy that I have interest in is Isaac Galloway. If he bats leadoff um, against Hamels here, kid's really bad against righties, but um, has a little bit of upside against lefties. So if he's batting leadoff at 3,300, if I'm playing two stud pitchers, I'm a little interested here in him. That's really it. Don't really have any interest in anybody else here. Um, let's see on the Cubs side of things, depending on the wind, you know, Chris Bryant and Javi Baez are probably my two favorite options here. I, I know I said, um, Alcantara is interesting against righties, but I want him at home. You know, he does have fly ball tendencies against righties, a lot of hard contact against righties. So when I'm looking at, you know, just pure upside, I'm looking at um, Bryant and Baez. I don't mind throwing in Rizzo and Contreras into that little um, Chicago four-man. Um, I, I do think that they're interesting as far as, like, a potential stack today. Just because, like, what, we're, you know, five games in and really haven't talked much about hitting today uh, because we do have a lot of good pitching on this slate. So... I think the Cubs are interesting. I think they're going to be, um, I think they'll be popular unless the wind is blowing in and everybody kind of gets scared off the game. And, you know, that would be good for us. It's time for spring cleaning. Quip's got an easy way to start with your brushing habits. Just two minutes twice a day can help pave the way to a healthier mouth and mind. And now the whole family can get refreshed with Quip. The new kids quip has the same two minute timer and guiding pulses as the original version with no childish gimmicks so they can brush just like a grown up kids. The new brush is the same as the original version, just tweaked down for size for size down mouths. Kids are inspired to brush better and more often with oral care that looks and feels like the products the adults in their lives use and they are proud to use quip. Help them develop a grown-up routine without childish gimmicks. Kid-friendly features like a small brush head, watermelon, anti-cavity toothpaste, and rubber grip handles in colors little ones will love. The sensitive sonic vibrations for an effective clean that's gentle on your sensitive gums. People often brush too hard, and some electric toothbrushes are just too abrasive, so that's why... Quip is one of my favorite things. Um, I absolutely love the the two-minute timer. It's very good. Um, I talk about it all the time, but with me being so busy all the time and so so on the go, I'm always wanting to do something. I, you know, if I'm not doing something, I feel like I'm wasting time. So, you know, unless I'm spending time with the family, I'm always busy, busy, busy. So I, I like the fact that like it slows me down, it lets me know, and I'm making sure that I'm brushing the right way. So that's why I love Quip and why over 1 million happy, healthy mouths do too. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash rotogrinders right now, 
you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Roto-Grinders. Uh, moving on here, we got Philadelphia at St. Louis. Vincent Velasquez against Miles Mikolas. Um, you know, this is a game that's really interesting to me. Um, Mikolas is a 130 favorite. It's an eight and a half total. Vegas projecting it to, you know, you know, get some runs here. But when we look at Vincent Velasquez, he's very good against righties. 282 Woba, 124 ISO, 28.7% K rate. He does give up a lot of fly balls and doesn't generate a ton of soft contact. 20.2% hard to soft contact ratio. But you know, one one thing you're looking when you're looking at Vincent Velasquez is his slider. Like he's really good slider, and there's a lot of high whiff rates in this lineup for righties against sliders. And when we're looking at this lineup, it's very right-handed heavy outside of Carpenter and Fowler. You know, Wong down at the bottom. So this is a really interesting spot for Vincent Velasquez. I do think he's a really good tournament play today. Um, obviously I'm super concerned about Carpenter. I'm not too concerned about Fowler and Wong. The pitcher will be right there. And, you know, obviously we can use that to our advantage early in this game, you know, getting, getting outs there. So Vincent Velasquez is interesting for tournaments with all these righties. Um, they don't typically strike out a ton. I think that's the biggest concern, but they don't walk a lot either. It's not like a, a team, you know, it's a team that puts the ball in play. They don't walk a ton. So I, I like Vincent Velasquez for tournaments today, as long as this lineup's right-handed heavy, which it should be. Uh, Miles Mikolas on the other side. Uh, this is why this game's interesting to me. I know that St. Louis is at home, but this is a game that like I, I would I would guess like Philly would be favored in this game. So like that's what's throwing me off on this one. I think the Philly lineup is really good and I think that Velasquez being in this matchup has a better matchup just overall. I know Miles Miklos pitched well in his last game against Washington. We kind of talked about that. Um, if he was going to have a good umpire, you know, or it was, a, it was grinders live conversation. Cause I had the umpire data on grinders live that day with Dean. And I was like, if he, you know, he has a good umpire and he can, you know, work the outside, he could pitch well. And he, he kind of did. So, uh, you know, obviously you always pay attention to the umpire Miles Mikolas. He's a high control guy, um, generates a ton of ground balls. So you like to play fly ball hitters against him, <clears throat> Hoskins. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is a spot that I'm going to stay away from Mikolas just because I think his upside is pretty limited here. And, um, I like some of these Philly bats, you know, it, it's been a, it's been tough trying to figure out which Philly bat is going to go off and all that stuff. But I really like the spot for Hoskins. I think he's a top hitter on the slate. Um, he profiles really well against Mikolas. I like Harper too. You know, eventually Harper is going to get it rolling here. And if you're playing those two guys, I think you can you can load it up with Rumuto or Segura. Uh, McCutcheon, obviously, always in play. The other guy that's slightly interesting here, um, and, and it's more of just a price thing. He's 3600, and that's Herrera. He's a guy that typically hits fly balls a ton, and he's facing the guy that generates a ton of ground balls. Um, and we know the hard hit rate from Mikolas is a little bit higher against lefties than it is against righties. So I think this is a spot that Herrera is a little interesting. Um, I'm hoping he's kind of batting maybe like in the sixth spot. 
and uh, we could take advantage of that and play him just just because he's a little cheaper. Um, as far as the St. Louis side goes, obviously that Carpenter is really really solid here. Um, you know he is very much in play. Paul Goldschmidt is also in play. You know, if you're not playing Vincent Velasquez on teams, you can really look at the top four guys here and, you know, get get some exposure to those guys on teams without Velasquez, you know, Carpenter, Goldschmidt, Dijon, and Ozuna. Really the four bats that you want to target from St. Louis most of the time. You know, Jose Martinez still not showing a ton of power and hits a lot of ground balls against a ground ball pitcher. So, or not... A ground ball pitcher. He's facing Vincent Velasquez, strikeout pitcher. Um, so, uh, Kansas City at Houston. We got Jacob Junis against Garrett Cole. We have a seven and a half total here, and Garrett Cole is a minus two seventy. That is not an error. That is exactly what he is. He's the biggest favorite on this slate. I know Hamels is a Hamels is probably going to be a, a pretty big favorite as well, but massive, massive favorite here for Garrett Cole at home. Um, I, obviously, I like Garrett Cole here. You know, the strikeout upside alone is is really high for him. This is not your old Kansas City put the ball in play lineup. This team has a combined twenty three point seven percent strikeout rate against righties since the last start of last season, and everybody outside of Whit Merrifield has a strikeout rate over 19.4% against righties. So I like Garrett Cole. Right now, Cole is my number one for cash. You can make an argument for taking the discount to DeGrom. But I was able to build a, a decent placeholder team with Cole and Hamels. Cole and Cole. Cole Hamels and Garrett Cole. And um, I like that combo for cash right now. Like I said, if we get some weather updates in Chicago that are, are kind of rolling him out, or I'm just not finding a ton of value, I could see going, you know, down because we do have some really solid options um, in the 9K range. You know, if you don't want to play Cole, but Cole right now, my SP one, um, I think he's the best pitcher on the slate for just overall matchup. And uh, the implied total for Kansas City tells you a lot. Um, not projected a lot here. So I, I like Garrett Cole here a lot. And um, I don't I don't like Jacob Junis in this spot. I think this is a spot that Junis is going to struggle. Um, I'm a little concerned about Houston coming back from the elevation um, change from Mexico City back to Houston. But, man, this team's hot right now. And for me... Um, I totally did the pitchers backwards again. That's what happens when you're working alone. He'd be in backwards. Um, all, all joking aside here, I, I just don't like the spot for Junis. Um, you know, he's shown upside in the past. I, I just don't think this is the right spot. Houston, a team that's very patient. They don't strike out a lot. It's just not a spot that I see Junis pitching well. Um, as far as the Kansas City bats go, I have zero interest in the bats. Like I, I like Garrett Cole a lot. Um, perfectly okay fading these bats today, and um, not really touching the Kansas City side here. Um, Houston is one of my favorite stacks on the slate. Um, I don't think they're gonna. I, I okay. Let me let me let me phrase that. I do think they'll get some ownership today, but I think Boston will get more ownership today. I think the Boston stack is is still. 
like a top stack on the slate. But I think Houston's a really good pivot spot, and I don't think um, they'll have the ownership that Boston has on this nine-game slate. I just I like everything about Houston here. Like I said, I'm a little concerned about the elevation change, but you know, even even Junis this season, he's really struggled um, with average exit velocities, and you know, he is getting a ton of ground balls with a slider. But a lot of these guys hit sliders well, so I'm not too concerned about that. Um, I am a little concerned about Springer's numbers against sliders. I think that's the biggest like concern for me. But I, I could see this being a spot where Houston gets to the bullpen early. And if that happens, this Kansas City bullpen's not very good. And we could just see a ton of runs scored here by Houston. So Boston's still my favorite stack, but I think Houston's a really good um, tournament pivot play here. Um, let's see. We got Atlanta at LA taking on the Dodgers. Um, Dodgers are 142 favorite in this seven and a half total. Walker Bueller against Kevin Gaussman and uh, my boy Gaussman, man. <laughs> I'm not even gonna get into it. it. It's it's for another day. Um, I originally was gonna talk about it today, but I'm not going to. Um, he's fresh, that, that's for sure. Um, as far as Gaussman goes here, I, I don't have a lot of interest. Um, he's not a bad pitcher. He's just facing the Dodgers, and I, I'm just not playing pitchers against the Dodgers this season. It's just it would have to be like a really high strikeout lefty um, against the Dodgers for me to have a ton of interest. But Gaussman's strikeout rate is up this season. He's using his splitter quite a bit. Um, but again, it, it's just not a spot that I, I want to attack. I think that this is a tough spot. He's throwing a ton of fastballs, and that could get him in trouble here against the Dodgers. As far as Walker Bueller goes, you know, I don't really have a ton of interest in Bueller either. He really hasn't shown like a massive amount of strikeout upside. And I know he's a solid favorite here against Atlanta, but where's the upside? I know he's had one good game against Cincinnati, but outside of that, he hasn't posted a game over 20. He's yet to throw a game over a hundred pitches. Um, you know, with Dave Roberts with the quick hook Dodgers being at home, I'm going to pass on Walker Bueller. And, um, I don't actually mind taking some of these Atlanta bats. Like, I don't think I would necessarily stack Atlanta in this spot. Um, but with the exit velocity being so high and the hard hits being so high for Bueller this season, like it's not a bad spot to look at for one-offs like Donaldson, Acuna, um, Albies Freeman, not really like looking at a stack necessarily, but just looking at those four guys for some tournament upside. Even a guy like Swanson is a little interesting. Um, I don't think a lot of people will play him. Kind of, I was pausing there for a second, just kind of see what Swanson's 4,100. He's probably not going to get any ownership at that price. So um, I, I like it. I like Swanson for, you know, tournament upside as well. He, he's shown really good power against righties this season. And um, I'm really just attacking the high hard hit rate um, for Walker Bueller this season. And, you know, like I said, he's not – he's striking out righties at a good clip still, but he is struggling big time against lefties. So Albies and Freeman, really, 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 really interesting here. Uh, as far as the Dodgers go, you know, Jock, Bellinger, Muncy, all over 275 ISOs against right-handed pitching since the start of last season. And uh, we know the start of the season that Bellinger's had. It's just been phenomenal. 493 ISO, 603 Woba. 
Jock Peterson to start the season for 38 ISO, 420, 442 Woba. Uh, those are my two favorite bats from, from the Dodgers here. But I like Muncie. Um, I don't mind Seeger at shortstop. Um, his price is way down right now. Like I, I, Seeger will probably be my cash game shortstop on DraftKings. He was in my placeholder lineup, um, 3,600. So I like him for just pure pure price. Um, he he's gonna eventually start hitting, and you know you'll get him. He'll get going here. Uh, make sure Bellinger's back in the lineup. Um, he didn't play on Sunday, but it didn't sound like it was anything serious. So he should be back in there. But just wanted to throw that out there, just in case he's not. Um, that's really it from the Dodgers. Last game, Mets Padres. Um, six and a half total. Very low total here. DeGrom against Chris Paddock. DeGrom, a slight favorite, 110. Pretty much a pick'em game. Um, there, not, a, not a lot of runs um, expected to be scored in this game. It's really, you know, we got one of the best pitchers over the last um, couple seasons against one of the most up-and-coming up talented pitchers. So DeGrom, you know, obviously we were a little concerned about him, but he looked really good in his last start against Cincinnati. Threw 101 pitches, six strikeouts, only had two walks. Three hits, seven innings, um, looked really good. And, um, you know, obviously that's what we wanted to see. Facing a very right-handed heavy team outside of Hosmer, and, you know, this guy has just been death to righties, you know, for a good season and a half now. So um, all, all all the love for DeGrom. Again, I like, I like Cole more for tournaments right now, um, but I'm going to certainly have plenty of exposure to DeGrom as well here. Uh, I like Chris Paddock too. You know, Paddock is really starting to settle in and pitch well. You know, he never really pitched bad. Um, you know, he struggled with the long ball in, in the one game against Cincinnati. Um, he struggled a little bit with the Atlanta Braves last time out, but not enough. And he's a little interesting here. You know, this ballpark, and, and like I said, Vegas just expected not a lot of runs here. So I like Paddock for tournaments. Just It's more of an ownership thing. You know, I think Vincent Velasquez will get some love today, and that could lead Paddock to having a lower ownership. And um, you know me, I'm all about that low-owned pitcher that can go out and strike out a bunch of righties. And, um, you know, obviously, McNeil, Cano, and Conforto, I'm a little worried about those three guys. But for the most part, I, I think I favor, favor the pitchers here. Um, yeah, I just – and as far as bats go in this game, like – Maybe a Conforto one-off. Um, that's really it for me. You know, Cano one-off. It's kind of all I got. And then uh, as far as San Diego goes, uh, Machado is starting to get really, really hot. Um, he, he started hitting the ball really well over the weekend, and his price really hasn't caught up. Um, with it. He has, you know, four home runs now in the last five games. So... Starting to see Machado warm up, obviously. You know, he's back in L.A., facing the Dodgers, and, you know, maybe that's what he needed to get going. But Machado's a really good hitter. But, again, I'm, I'm just probably not going to target any bats here against the Grom. Um, if you want to, it would be Reyes and Machado for me. It would be one of those two guys. But Reyes, when he doesn't strike out, he puts the ball in play really well. But it's just not a spot that I want to attack. 
you know, DeGrom, 35.8% strikeout rate against righties since the start of last season. And he looked a little bit, he looked a lot healthier in that last start. So going to be a hard pass for me as far as the bats, just bats in this game. Bats in this game are bad. All right. Play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Looking for a pitcher under 8K to get six strikeouts. I'm going to go with my boy Chasin. Um, I think with all those righties he's going to face in that lineup, he has a really good chance to get 6Ks here. So I'm going to take Chasin. Um, over 8K, not to score 15. You know what? Just with the pitch count and not really pitching deep into games, I'm going to take Walker Bueller with this one. He's probably one of my least favorite pitchers. Like, I can see Snell having some upside, not knowing his pitch count right now. Um, I'm going to take Walker Bueller. Um, over 4K to hit a home run. I'm going to go all the way back to that first game we talked about. I'm going to take Mookie Betts. Um, I know he's going to be really popular today. I don't care. He's the top overall hitter for me. Um, pops on everything for me today, so really like him. Um, my cheap hitter to get two hits today. Um, I was struggling with this one before I started recording. I knew I was doing it by myself today. And the guy that I have written down, I guess I'll just go with the guy that I have written down. The guy that I have written down is Josh Reddick. Um, I really like the price of Reddick. I really like his approach at the plate this season. I don't know if he has the upside to get you like home runs right now because of his approach, but he is hitting the ball really well this year. So I'll take Reddick. Like I said, that was the guy that I had written down. I was looking at Vlad Guerrero Jr. too, like to get a two-hit game his first of his career. Um, I like the upside for Vlad here. This is an interesting spot for him. Um, I stacked to score six or more runs. You know, obviously I talked about boston i, I don't want to make boston i think that's like one of the most obvious stacks on the slate um i'm trying to see who the low owned stack would be that i want to try to take here um i don't want to take houston or boston like those are the two teams i feel like we we know to play today um not knowing the weather in Wrigley and how much like the wind could affect that game. You know what? Give me Tampa. I, I still like them more as like a second piece stack today, but I do think they have really solid potential to get six or more runs today in the spot. So give me the Tampa Bay Devil Rays as I grew up knowing them. Now the Tampa Rays. That's going to wrap it up here for Monday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Hope everyone enjoyed. Hope everyone has an awesome, awesome Monday. I'm going to have an awesome Monday. We get baseball, NASCAR. I'm set. So um, hope everyone has a great day, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow.